two, one. Good morning and welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church. Good to have everybody here today as um, we look forward to um, uh, the upcoming in just a couple weeks, handful of weeks, is our candlelight service and then the week after that will be Christmas. So uh, that is our focal point today is not, watch this, it's not the event of Christmas. We don't want to celebrate and worship even uh, uh, the, the holiday. It's about a person. We want to celebrate today Jesus Christ. So as we get our minds fixed on him, we're going to, Andrew and the praise team and the special today is all about starting to think, not just about December 25th, but about Jesus Christ, the way he came, who he is, his words and his works. So we're going to open in a word of prayer here in just a moment. But before we do, I wanted to ask you to maybe uh, turn around and wave to the camera to Stella this morning. We, I caught her Wednesday, but it wasn't just the same. Everybody's kind of waving to Stella and say, uh, we miss you. Good morning. Good to, good to have you chiming in. It looks like there's 16 people thus far chiming in. So as it, it keeps coming on, we come together to feel the warmth of God's spirit and God's love. Let's bow for a word of prayer as the praise team works on our hearts towards you. Dear Lord, we love you today. Grateful for the fact that we have the ability to meet. We have the ability to come together and say, here am I. Lord, I pray that that would be our heart's desire today, that we would be open, vulnerable before you. And that you would, you would be honored and we would receive a blessing. Not just a, a material blessing, but your presence in our life. So be with us today. We're going to open your word. We might get excited about your word. We may be convicted about your word, but your word is eternal. And we ask that it does its work that only you can allow it to do in our lives. So bless our efforts today. I, I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. would join us in singing, whether standing or sitting is up to you, but would you join us as we celebrate our Savior's birth?
eyes don't seem to be as dark as usual. The stars seem brighter than they've been before. And deep within, I feel my soul is stirring as though my hope has been restored. Shepherds say they've heard the angel voice of angels confirming rumors spread across the land that a child protected well from Herod's anger is our father's son and the son of man. Love is raining down on the world tonight. There's a presence here I can tell. God is in us. God is for us. God is with us, Emmanuel. He's the Savior we have been praying for. In our humble hearts, he will dwell. God is in us. God is for us. God is with us, Emmanuel. tell all who will listen that peace on earth is not so out of reach if we can find grace and mercy and forgiveness he has come to say he is all of these there's a presence here I can tell God is in us for us. God is with us, Emmanuel. He's the Savior we have been praying for. In our humble hearts, He will dwell. God is in us. God is for us. God is with us, Emmanuel.
Thank you, Shauna Gray. It is good to um, have people singing again in specials that way. We've been on and off with uh, what we've, how we've been operating our services. Um, our goal is always to be well-pleasing to the Lord. We want to do our, put our best foot forward um, and, and lead, but He is the audience. Remember, you're not the audience. You're the participant. We, all of this is to get our heart fixed upon Him today. So we're going to do that by way of uh, teaching and preaching of the Word in just a, mo just a moment. But this morning, by way of um, getting started... You know, we need to be reminded that um, when we live in this, this, this year, things have been uh, upside down, inside out, and topsy-turvy to say the least. And there's a lot of information, there's a lot of misinformation where it gets hard to navigate through our lives. But it, it does serve this morning, um, I feel compelled to remind us that we are in a pandemic and we can hear it kind of uh, abstract and abroad, and we listen to a lot of news and, and things like that, and, and we have opinions of it. But when it hits a little closer to home is when all of a sudden the game's over. It becomes very real. It becomes very personal. So I know that um, just even yesterday, one of Brandon's, a friend of Brandon's, uh, you saw it on Crosstalk, um, uh, had uh, the short version is uh, it's COVID-related is the short version. And We've been very blessed, Pastor Roger mentioned this this morning, that in our personal families and in our church families, it's, we've been very, very blessed um, that it hasn't run rampant. I want to remind you that, yes, we're in a pandemic, but I also want to remind you that though we have responsibilities, we need to be good stewards, that God is in control. Do not forget that. Do not, do not become so distant you may be thinking where is he what's he up to why is this why is it not happening why and when all the why questions start start happening but when you place your life in him he says i got you i got you and things are going to happen and he's very well aware some things aren't going to happen that you're not aware of so um but remember the goal at the end of every day every moment of, of every hour is to be well pleasing to him that's our goal. Do you trust him today is the question that you need to answer in your heart. So as I mentioned, as we're getting toward uh, Christmas, we're just a handful of weeks away. Two Sundays from now is our candlelight service. Um, uh, I want to remind you, we're looking for anything right now that we can put our hope in. We're looking for anything, right? Give us, give us something. As I was even driving here this morning, it's a whole big, long drive in of three miles. The, uh, the roads were eerie quiet. And that can play on your mindset, can it? It can, it can just get you to think differently. But uh, as we gather here today, we want to celebrate. Please catch this. It's not just about an event known as Christmas. It's about a person. It's about a savior and there is a lot of avenues that we have at, at this time of year to be able to, to point to him or we could be aiming right at him and get sidetracked. This year, I'm so grateful for uh, Brad who, who used this comment last week. 
is that it's a great year to focus in on the birth of Jesus Christ. Because perhaps the busyness has been pushed aside. You can't do the busyness that you once had. Christmas office parties or um, all the running and school pageants and school plays and, and all those things. But it does serve uh, as a way of an introduction to help us get to the word this morning talking about children. We have had in times past um, Christmas programs with children. We've had uh, times past just um, them being a part of our worship service, uh, what's known as Big Church to the to Bible Quest kids, right? Brittany and Danielle have been spearheading that as of late. And it's amazing to watch our kids come up here and sing or share scripture. Uh, it's mainly through the songs that we hear them convey a message. And that message is about a savior. We're good about that. So I want this morning to think about this statement from the mouths of babes. From the mouths of babes. You can turn your Bible to Psalm chapter 8 with me. And if you'll, if you'll hang with me, you'll see how I'm going to thread the needle this morning of how we're talking about the mouths of babes, how we're going to get focused on him and be encouraged and, as we bring us full circle about the mouths of babes. You may be thinking, you don't know my babe. You don't know the mouth on my babe. That would be true. I don't know, but I want to hear, the, hear what the scripture teaches us today about out of the mouths of babes. Here's the first point I want you to consider. God or God's ordained strength in children. God has ordained strength in children. How is that? Ro uh, Psalms chapter 8, Psalms chapter 8. Verse 2 reads like this. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Well, that verse, out of the mouths of babes, it's not talking about some uh, uh, a cute, uh, we, we refer sometimes, men refers to, man, that's a cute babe over there. It's not that kind of babe we're talking about this morning. If you're married today, at one point you saw your wife as a cute babe. Hopefully you still do. That would be good. Man, it's quiet in here today. Woo, that is. Bob McGee's going, uh, yep, we're good. Bob McGee calls Betty his bride still. How many years have you been married, Bob? Although I'm a little concerned because the last two weeks you've been here with her sister. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. But he still calls his wife his bride. I love that. I love that. What is talked about here out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants? Out of children. Out of young children. It's, it's, it's interesting to watch kids as they're growing and learning words and the, how they, they muddle through things. But out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants. Would you agree with me that God is big and man is small? Would you agree with me that God is big and woman is small? The lesson that we learn about our Lord is that he's big. He's big. We think way too much of ourselves as a people group. 
as a government, as a person, we think way too much of ourselves. That was what I was trying to convey was my takeaway from being at the ark encounter just a couple weeks ago. Standing at the foot of that ark, seeing how big that was. It wasn't about the ark, it was how big God was for me. Big God. Well, children, in their innocent faith, they have even from this stage chant, chanted God's greatness in songs and in words. Sometimes they don't fully comprehend or they're just trying to sing through a song. They don't maybe not fully comprehend what they're singing. You know what I like about our Christmas carols that we have sang last week, this week and, and leading up is the theology in the Christmas carols. Hark, the herald angel sings. I think it's verse 2. Don't quote me on that. The theology in the Christmas carols is rich. It's, what's so important about theology? Why do pastors get so worked up in doctrine and theology? Because it's truth is why. Sometimes these, these children are up here singing. They may not fully comprehend or perhaps he's trying to muddle through a song. But they're speaking of his greatness. So whether they fully embrace or not, and odds are children don't, odds are as our, we go our whole lives not fully being able to embrace or express God's greatness. How do you do that? Once you've caught a glimpse of him, in fact, in the Bible, the people that have caught a glimpse of God's greatness were more in awe of him. That means not able to express indescribable full of glory. But perhaps the greatest mystery of the powerful words children speak are who put those words in their mouths. They're speaking truth, right? Up here, singing or sharing scripture. Now, one point of that, you may think, yeah, you're right. Uh, who put those words in these children's mouths? Two things I want you to consider about that. One is in Romans chapter 1. Turn with me there in Romans chapter 1. We're going to be going to several portions of scripture this morning. So be nimble with your fingers to uh, find your way there. And you may be here today thinking, well, I don't have children. Why is, where is he going with this? Or you may be thinking, again, you don't know my children. Or there's all kinds of ways you could be thinking. But be engaged today because God's word is going to teach us something and it may be preparing you for what's coming. You know, it's always amazing when... Um, there was um, uh, several years, Mother's Day through Father's Day, we would do family weeks. And I did it a bunch of years in a row. The role of the father, the role of the mother, the role of the children. We throw grandparents in there. And it got to be where we're doing it so much, I thought it, it probably needs to breathe for a minute uh, this year just to let it. So we kind of put that on the back burner. But you know what's happened in that time frame of not going back to family, re family weeks? Many of you have had children. You are in a different point of life than you were. So it's time to pick those back up. Absolutely. But I want you to consider this. Who put those words there as we're talking about out of the mouths of babes? Number one, first and foremost is God himself. Romans chapter one, verse 19. Now this is talking about God's wrath on the unrighteous. So don't lose, don't be too distracted here. But um, 
he talks about the wrath of God is revealed from where? From heaven in verse 18 against ungodliness, unrighteousness, a man who suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. We don't need to park long on that in our culture. We see that all the time. Verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest or shown uh, in them for God has shown it to them. Talking about the unrighteous, but where does it come from? For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You may be thinking, well, how do you, how do you take that scripture and get the fact that God is, is, is in, put these words in these mouths of babes to be able to share it? Your children, your grandchildren, are they not made by God? In verse 20, sure, he can use any means, anybody, anything that he wants to use. God has revealed himself through creation. Boy, there's another word that can make the room get real quiet real quick. Creation, pastor, nobody believes that anymore. Well, God still does. So I think it would behoove us to follow suit. His creation... Children are created. I can tell you stories about how people have been moved spiritually because of the mouths of babes. The things they say, the things that, 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 that come out, the things that Pastor Rick has instilled and Awana has instilled, especially Awana, where you're just the handbook time of, of spending time with these kids and watching that word get in there and waiting as parents, waiting for it to take root. And they say that word spoken just in time. The truth has to get in them in order for it to come out. How's that truth going to get there? Well, here's one. God puts it in their heart. But what method has God chosen to put that word in our heart? Teaching, preaching, ministry of the word. Here's the second way. Who puts those words in their mouth? How about the parents? Uh-oh, I just saw some heads drop. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Who puts the words in the mouths of babes? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. And you fathers, it says. That word fathers is neutral gender, meaning parents, not just the dads. Um, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath... Don't wear them out. Don't make the, 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 the rules at home so stringent that they, they know they'll never accomplish them and keep you happy. And don't make them so loose where there are no boundaries. That's, that's what that means there. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. You know what that means? Whose job is it to rear these children in the Lord? Pastors? Pastor Ricks? Primarily, it's the parents. It's your role. You know, I will, I will parlay that to say this. When um, one of my, I think it was one of my kids were very young, uh, we had a parent thing, a conference thing, and uh, all the parents were kind of there. And it was very odd that uh, the dad was there. Absent, this has been years ago, they were in elementary school. It was very odd to have a man 
there. So we had a conference thing, a little picnic outside, and one of the kids was acting up. My son, I just told you who it was, was uh, part of that. And all I did was say, hey, 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 that's enough. And every kid got real quiet and stared at me. They weren't, they weren't used to that voice being like that. Now, it felt kind of cool. I ain't going to lie. I was like, hey, 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 hey. I joke. But it was a serious moment, and it stood out to me like, what? All I was doing was trying to dress my child. But all the kids, they weren't scared. They just was like, we better stop. Do not, but train, bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. We've got to teach. Now watch this. I developed this all by myself. I hope it works. This is what I've learned about life, the word, and how it works in child rearing. The rules plus the relationship will equal respect. I've learned that. If I have the rules, but I have that relationship where we're talking it through and we're teaching and I'm listening, the rules plus the relationship, the child respects mom and dad, ultimately respects God because any rule that we had reflected back to this. This is why. But here's what else I learned on the flip side. The rules minus the relationship equals rebellion. The rules minus the relationship equal the rebellion. And it's our job. It's your job. The church, we're here for you. We want to train you. We want to help you in any way we can. But in the mouths of a God-ordained strength in children, and he probably wants to use you to do it according to Ephesians 6, 4. You may be thinking, I thought we were doing Christmas. Why am I getting a how to raise children uh, uh, scripture here? Because we're, we are talking about children. Watch, I'm still threading the needle here. Consider this, that Jesus reveals truth in children. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. In verse 25, Matthew eleven twenty-five. <clears throat> now, if we could subhead this, it would be Jesus gives true rest, right? But Jesus reveals truth in children. Verse 25 reads like this. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. That is a mouthful right there. Who is God interested in, in working with? The wise and the prudent? How about, how about the honest and the open and the humble? There's three cities mentioned just prior to this in verses 20 through 24. There's three cities mentioned of Galilee, and they didn't have their eyes or their heart fixed on the love of Christ. But who did he reveal these things to? Babes. Why? Because their eyes were dependent and fixed upon what they knew. Christ, who was right in front of them. 
Jesus wasn't happy with these three cities. They were forcing, or they were facing judgment. And by the way, that's not the sole purpose of Christ coming to this earth is to judge. He will judge, but that's not his sole purpose. In fact, I'll have you put on the screen John 3, 17 as a reminder. We always know John 3, 16. John 3, 17 sometimes gets overlooked. Look as it reads. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. One verse that gives us a reminder. Now, will Christ judge? He answers yes. But that's not his sole reason for coming. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Does Jesus condemn the world in its sinful ways? Yeah. But that's not the primary purpose, but that the world through him, there's something, there's a, there's a, a, a positive here. He came that we can have. And anytime you see that word saved, you can substitute the word life. Salvation is synonymous with the word life. Life now and life everlasting. God didn't withhold the light from these cities. They had every chance to embrace Christ. In three cities in verses 20 through 24, he wasn't withholding anything from them. They had every chance to embrace him. Remember the Romans chapter 1, 19 and 20 we just read? Mankind is without excuse. They deliberately refused the light. And when they refused that light, then God withheld the light. Verse 25, what does it stand out to, to tell us? That when, when intellectuals will not believe, then God will reveal the humble, then God will reveal to the humble heart. That's what I love about kids. I love them. I love them and I hate them all at the same time. They're, they're awesome and awkward, right? It's, it's, a lot, it's just one of those weird relationships. There's so much energy there. I love them. They, they get me wound up. Sometimes, if you watch me, I'll go into Bible questions to wind them up. I'm like the, the Funkle. You know what the Funkle is? That's a fun uncle. I'm that dude that goes in there and winds them up and then gets them uncontrollable and leave. And they're awesome because they have so much energy and potential. And they're awkward and they're, it's, it's, they're just fun. I, I absolutely love kids. Not all kids. I don't know how to categorize this, but you know what they are? There's a sense of a little bit of humility in, in kids because they don't have anything to offer you. They don't have money. They're, 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 they're still growing, and they're dependent on you for everything. There, there's just an element of, of humility in there. In verse 25, verses 20 through 24, but verse 25 is telling us that intellect got in the way of wisdom. They were too smart. They outsmarted themselves. Intellect got in the way of wisdom. Those that are too wise and understanding to need Christ become blind. Those who admit their lack of wisdom by faith receive a revelation of him. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. I fact, Brad will put that on the board. Colossians 2, verse 3. As we think about that line, those who admit their lack of wisdom by faith will receive a revelation by him or of him in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Guess who that's referring to? Jesus Christ. 
in whom are hidden all. Say all. Everything we need slash desire can be found in Jesus Christ. You may think, well, I need a new car. I need more. I need this. Listen, if your eyes are fixed on, on, on those things, those tangible things, you're, you're focused on the wrong place. In whom are hidden? They're hidden. They're, why are they hidden? Because we can't reach them in and of ourselves. As human beings, we can't reach all the, we can't fathom all the knowledge all the, and all the, all the supply, according to his riches, as how the Bible puts it, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Which is a great topic for another point, but why do we think, why do we pursue wisdom and knowledge some, so much? Sometimes I think it's because so we can have more and get more. That's not the best, that's not the reason why you want to pursue wisdom and knowledge. Those that are too wise and understanding to need Christ, they become blind. Thank Jesus, going back to Matthew 11.25, let's thank him for the word babe in verse 25. He has revealed them to babes, the very last word of that, of that verse. Because it does not refer to an age, but a spiritual level. Are you with me? It's a spiritual level. A lot of times we hear babe and we think, well, they're cute. But they're, they're babes. They're babies. We don't, what the scripture's telling us here is that it's not about the age, but it's about a spiritual level. And I would also add that God does save children as well. But better to show a little, uh, better to show a spiritual level than physical children that saves. What I'm saying is, what if you, right now, your body looked like your spiritual level? You may be in your golden years, but you look like a toddler or vice versa. There, there may be some young men and women in here that are younger, but they're spiritually mature. Our bodies get in the way of so many things, don't they? But what an object lesson. Here's my last threading of the needle this morning I want you to think about as we think about children, babes, and infants is this, that the Holy Spirit brought truth in a child. Christmas. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. How fragile, how fragile it is on one hand and how strong it is on the other is the birth of Jesus Christ. Truth in the flesh Helpless, but yet protected, is what God chose for the birth of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, you're going to be hearing a lot of Luke 2 and Matthew 1 in the following weeks. Uh, don't ever let it become, uh, I've heard it all before. You haven't digested it all before, I guarantee. So, uh, 
chapter 1, verse 35 reads like this. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. He will be called the Son of God. <clears throat> Mary asked in verse 34, how can this be? God's answer is in verse 35, by the Holy Spirit. Can I dovetail that for you in your life right now? When you're at that point and you're asking, God, how can this be? That the answer would be like what Mary's response from God is or what from the angel is? The Holy Spirit. If you're a believer today, you have the Holy Spirit and dwelt with, within you. You need to make sure that there's room for him in your life. Make sure there's room for him to work in your life. Especially as fundamentalists, which is Bible-believing Christians, we can get too stoic sometimes and, and, and stay right here. Don't let any emotion be expressed. And, and have everything right how we like it. Because the Holy Spirit, the topic of the Holy Spirit kind of scares us a little bit. And yet, we haven't fully embraced the fact that he wants to work in your life. To give you life. So he says that the Holy Spirit is the answer. He would do a miraculous work by overshadowing her. The back part of verse 35 is interesting where he says the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called Son of God. He will be called Son of God. Let's park on that for just a moment and think about this. Of all the names of Jesus, one of them is the Word. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. That is a name for Jesus Christ. Logos is the, the, the Greek word for that. One of the names for Jesus is the Word. The Holy Spirit brought truth in a child. Absolute truth, perfect truth came in Jesus Christ. And yet, God chose to bring him as his child and look at the, it, he, he's the cause of turning the world upside down. Unadulterated truth is found in Jesus Christ. And there he was born on this earth and he lived his life. And then and from age 30 to 33, he started to have his public ministry. And man, some believed, but a lot didn't. In fact, a lot became angry, indignant. In fact, a lot became manipulative. They worked the courts to the point to where Lot was so angry that they had to go ahead and kill him. Shut that truth up is what they had to do in their eyes. It's what they thought they were doing. It, doing. In reality, they were helping that truth to spread. They proved the point that he is absolute truth. There's so many, there's so few things in our life that, is, that are absolute. So few things. But Jesus Christ, when he doesn't make sense, when life doesn't make sense, when you trust his word, you trust in the word, you trust in the work of Jesus Christ, it will, he will always bring you the truth. 
Man, it sounds refreshing. You can know truth today. The truth can live inside of you. How? Well, it starts with the birth of a child, but it ends in the resurrection of a Savior. Ooh, that's a good amen moment right there. Cradle to the cross, but ultimately to the tomb, the resurrection. So we had surviving the holidays on Thursday night. And uh, I hadn't really digested the full part video portion. And um, I was watching it on Thursday night, and I told Peg, just cover your ears for me, because I'm going to steal everything he just said right there and act like it was my own. But one of the lines that caught my eye, or caught my ear, was this, that Jesus Christ came, and, 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 and though we may be hurting in, in the passing of a loved one, and, and we're grieving, and, and we're looking at hardships, and we see so little hope, and look what they did to Jesus when he came. They, they killed him. They wanted to kill him at birth, and then they, had to, then they did kill him 33 years later. And yet Jesus Christ came to defeat death. He's the one who, with, with sorrow, with sin, he's the one who pays the way from the cradle to the resurrection. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Sin forgiven and eternal life to boot. Jesus Christ came to reveal the Father. So we started this morning by way of the scripture of asking that question out of the mouths of babes. And the, um, uh, we've seen it in our children, right? That, that we're sharing where we get, touched a little bit of what the Bible says about child rearing, how you can be a part of God's agenda. But ultimately... Out of the mouth of a babe, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, the one who is the life giver, is where we conclude this morning. We draw it all down where it needs to be, right back to him. So as Christmas is, it's here. We've been waiting for it. Many, many people have started right at Thanksgiving. We have, <laughs> we're ready for something different. Give us something to focus in on. Please be careful as a Cross Point Baptist Church member. Don't get focused on the decorations. This room can really set an atmosphere. The lights are dim, especially at candlelight service. The lights are dim. There's certain colors. It'll cause you to reflect and think. Those are good things. But don't let them become a distraction because they are not the main thing. Focus in on Jesus Christ. When the other stuff of your life has been separated out, you get to really focal point on Jesus Christ. To dovetail that with this and you, Jesus Christ in your life. Do you know him? I hope that you would become overwhelmed, overshadowed by him to where you're speechless. That's how you know when someone is closest to the Lord is when they're, they're out of words, not when they have too many. So let that be the springboard for us today as you consider um, uh, our season that we're in. And we always put out this appeal, I do, that if you have questions, comments, struggles, I got time to meet with you. I got time to talk to you over the, over the phone. I got time to pray with you over the phone. Last week I was able to start something, I'm getting frustrated because we can't, we're trying to figure out how to do life and do church and be church. And I just started calling people. 
Uh, you know what the blessing of it's been? Calling, just kind of starting in the directory at different spots. I don't always start at A and work my way down to where you feel like you're the last one because you're at the bottom of the alphabet, right? I mean, just kind of randomly and, and picking. And as I'm able to talk with you over the phone, I'm able to have quality conversations. And I run into the next one. Able to talk and, 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 and listen and share and have prayer even. There's a way of being able to take something bad and let something spiritually good come out of it. So we are available. I would uh, uh, throw it out there for your life point leader as well. They're there for you. So questions, comments, please feel free to contact us. To move, we want to move your relationship forward. That much even closer to the Lord. Let's bow for prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we love you today, and we want to take this time of prayer and let it be powerful and strong, not just a formality. We really invoke you to more than just be a part of what we're doing, but take over. We have questions, we have doubts, we have uncertainties, and um, you have answers. You have all things is how Colossians phrased it. May that the, the scripture become alive and real and truthful in our lives, that we would be a better people as a result. Honoring you. Do a work in the body of Cross Point Baptist Church. May we have a special love for the brethren. Uh, again, move in a way that only you can and cause us to respond. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, has it been good to be here this morning? That is an amen, isn't it? I've asked Brad to come and conclude us this morning as, uh, and give us an update on Awana. I was going with Awana as well. Good morning. Uh, appreciate Pastor giving me an opportunity just to announce what's going on in Awana. So uh, we have club night tonight. We have club night next week from 4 to 5.15, then we will have a break for Christmas. It's been a very strange year. The very first night that I was up here, I told everybody, this is weird, isn't it? <laughs> and all the kids nodded their head, yeah, because we're in masks. But uh, honestly, it's been a blessing to, to minister to boys and girls to share the truth of God's word. And we just continue to do what we do, and uh, we're thankful for that. So we'll meet again today from 4 to 5.15 next week. From 4 to 5.15, then we'll have our Christmas break. And we will resume Awana on January the 3rd, which is a Sunday at 4 o'clock. One other announcement I wanted to make is that uh, many folks are curious about giving a, a Christmas gift to pastor, especially with this year uh, being able to do online giving. You should be able to still designate a gift either through your tithe envelope or online. Uh, just mark it as pastor's Christmas gift. Or if you would like to present them with a gift individually, you can do that as well. Uh, the church will present a gift, uh, anything that's given online or in the tithe envelopes, we will present that gift to him on uh, Sunday, uh, December the 20th. If you have any questions about that, be sure to ask Pastor Roger. With that, you are dismissed.